Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and as always, I thank you wholeheartedly for starting your day here with us. This morning, we'll be chatting with author Mark Beckoff about society's attitude toward wildlife and what we can do to happily coexist. Then, after our halftime break, we'll be chatting with our longtime pet place friend, Russell Taylor from Majeska Ranch Rescue. He always has some amazing tales to tell. If you've never heard Russell's stories in the past, you are in for a treat. So stay right where you are, and we'll begin after a quick message from KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and with me now is author Mark Beckoff. Good morning, Mark. How's everything today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing very well, and I am so excited to talk to you because you've written a new book, and I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners what it's called and a little bit about it. Yeah, it's called Rewilding Our Hearts, Building Pathways, of compassion and coexistence. <coughs> Excuse me. And and really what it's all about, it's it's different from a lot of my other books. I mean we talk about animals, we talk about pets, but it's really more of a wide ranging book about how we rewild ourselves. It's kind of what deals exactly? with rewild the notion of rewilding okay. as a personal transformation. Um and or respecting nature? Respecting nature as a whole, so mm-hmm. it really um, requires that we not only focus on non-human animals and their homes, but also human animals. So it's a it's a very inclusive. Um, I'd like to think of it as a social movement, um, and it's been well received. You know, we're basically asking people to let their hearts do the talking, and then. Um, act from the inside out, let our feelings direct how we interact with um, the world at large. Well, I think that's a great concept. Unfortunately, not everybody thinks like uh, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I travel a lot, and I'm discovering that more people do, and I really mean that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a hopeful monster, they call me, and I'm very optimistic (laughs) about things. But what I'm really learning is that Many, many people really care, <coughs> excuse me, and they don't know what to do. So part of the program of rewilding would be rewilding education because kids are unwilded. I, I mean, so are adults. But, you know, the whole process of sitting in classrooms or getting over busy and losing our contact with nature as a whole mm-hmm. really, like I said, unwilds us. Exactly. And so I'm really discovering, you know, what a lot of people know, of course, is that when they're out in nature and when they're with other animals and with the, when they're with their pets, dogs, cats, and other animals, they really feel better. And oh, so yes. I want to incorporate that feeling into action. And it can be, per, you know, it's a personal journey in the sense that, 
You don't have to found a movement. You know, people think that they can't help the world if they're not wealthy and found an organization. And really, little acts really count. And so it's it's kind of a practical guide as well for helping the world at large. Well, what would you say to somebody, for example, we're having a big problem with this in, in Southern California. We have issues with urban coyotes. For me, I, I get excited every time I see one. But for everybody else I talk to, they panic, and their first reaction is, call the government and have them come exterminate all the local coyotes, which, of course, is horrible from my perspective. Right, of course. And it's hard to get through to these folks that, you know what, they need to live too. They have as much right to a happy life of life and liberty as as we do. And all it takes are just a few adjustments on everybody's part to keep their pets safe, to keep themselves safe, and and everybody can coexist happily ever after. But trying to get that point across is really, really difficult. How how do you manage? Well, usually what I try to do is talk to people about how fortunate we are still. I mean, it may change in the future, but how fortunate we are still, say, to have coyotes and other animals living with us. And once again, part of the rewilding strategy would be to appreciate them for whom they are. So know that, you know, they're not domestic dogs. Mm -hmm. They're wild animals. They have their own needs. And actually, it doesn't take much to adjust to coexisting with them. We might not be able to walk our dogs at a certain hour. We may not at certain times of the year, you know, especially when they're performing pair bonds and having babies, we may not be able to go where they live. Around Boulder, um, they close off certain hiking routes to take into account the um, mating season for certain, you know, birds. And so um, I know in around San Francisco, they've also closed off some areas. I think it's around the Golden Gate Park Mm -hmm. when coyotes are breeding. And so part of rewilding is to come to appreciate the other animals with whom we share our homes for whom they are and that they're wild animals and we're the problem. I mean, I hate to say it, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're usually the problem. We intrude into their homes. We we trespass, you know, when they really need some uh, need privacy and to feel safe. Um, and so it may inconvenience us, but really that's, you know, people say that's the price we have to pay to have them with us. I think it's pretty a cheap price to have wild animals existing around us. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's just I feel like banging my head against the wall sometimes when I try to explain to people that they have to change their ways because they don't want to change. They want want the wild animals to go away, and that's just where they draw the line in the sand, and, and sometimes I just don't don't know what to do at that point. I know that reaching children is far easier than reaching adults. Has that been your experience too? Yeah, I do a lot of work with um, various kids programs, including Jane Goodall's Roots and Shoots groups. And kids are, you know, they're curious naturalists. They really want to get out there and play in nature. And it's so easy to teach them about who other animals are. And they're also, you know, in many cases, they're fearless. And so it's a, it's a, 
it's a complicated balance because, of course, you don't want a young kid running up to say hello to a wild coyote or a wild fox. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they understand that by respecting them for whom they are, they don't get afraid. You know, we I was talking to a friend yesterday about this, and we're just, when I say we, I mean the, the royal we. I don't think mm-hmm. you are, and I know I'm not. They're, we're afraid mm-hmm. of other animals. Mm-hmm. We actually live in fear. And when you look at the number of actual, you know, attacks, real attacks, they're very few, you know, by wild animals on humans, they are so far fewer than dog bites. Mm-hmm. And people forget that. Exactly. And, you know, and so I'm not saying that it's not serious mm-hmm. when, you know, an animal, when it was, say a coyote attacks a human, of course it's serious, but it's so rare. And, and people mistake the behavior, you know, so part of, once again, rewilding and, you know, becoming wild again is, you know, not only paying attention to who these animals are and, you know, their needs, but like I said before, really appreciating that we're lucky enough to have them share their homes with us. I I completely agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. people go, oh, that's easy for you to say and all that. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I used to live in the mountains. I had mountain lions, mm-hmm. rivers, and bears right at my door. Yeah, we and, have a few of those here in Southern California, too. And they always right. make the news. And yep. it's funny because the newscasters make this big deal out of it. And they, they call the normal actions of wildlife who are just trying to survive Bold and brazen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I had this big argument with somebody, and I said, no, there's nothing bold and brazen about it. They're just trying to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just trying to live. And really, you know, if you will, their requests of us are really minimal. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, they're trying to avoid us. Right. We happen to surprise them. We walk into where they are. They want privacy. They want to have their babies, you know, in a safe and peaceful place. Sounds familiar, just like us. <laughs> say, say that again? <laughs> it sounds familiar, oh, yeah. just like human beings. Yeah, we People want a little tell privacy. Me, you, know, you know, another part of, you know, rewilding and undoing the unwilding is that people will say, well, you know, we really don't know what animals, you know, want and need. They can't tell us. And I'm thinking... Well, of course they can tell us, but one thing for sure, they want and need what we want and need, and that is to live in peace and safety. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's that's not debatable. And then you know you can fill in the you know you can fill in the details by you know that some animals want more than others, some animals need certain things that others don't need. But the fact of the matter is, they all want to live peacefully. And they all want to live safely. And it's so easy to coexist with them peacefully. I I just, I'm right on board with you there. <laughs> I know I'm preaching to the converted <laughs> with you, but, but we got to get the message out. We do. That's why I asked you to the show today. <laughs> and I also want to ask you, what is your background? What led you to writing the book? Well, I've written a lot of books on animal emotions and animal cognition. I taught animal behavior at University of Colorado for decades. And I do a lot of work now in the really rapidly growing field called compassionate conservation. And compassionate conservation 
is concerned with the well-being, the welfare of individual animals. So, you know, we really don't want to trade off the life of an animal for the, you know, say the life of one animal for the life of another. Mm-hmm. Um, and the focus is on individuals. And once again, part of rewilding is appreciating, you know, not only the value of individuals, but appreciating the personality differences. You know, anyone who's lived with more than one dog, you know, you hear it all the time. They'll go, oh, man, they came out of the same litter, and they're so different, just like humans. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, part of that is understanding who the other animals are, not only as members of a particular species, but who they are with their unique personalities. Mark, this is absolutely fascinating, and I know you have so much more in your book. So before we say goodbye, tell all the listeners where they could find your book. Well, you know, the best place to find my book would be on Amazon or from my publisher, New World Library. And all the information is also on my homepage, which is simply markbeckoff.com. Excellent. And how do you spell that last name? The M-A-R-C-B-E-K-O-F-F.com. Excellent. Thanks so much. And we need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, we'll be chatting with the always delightful Russell Taylor from Majeska Ranch Rescue. So stay tuned to KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll be right back. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and I'm so happy to introduce our next guest. It's the charming and always entertaining Russell Taylor from Majeska Ranch Rescue. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, madam. What what an introduction. (laughs) Well, you are always so fun to talk to, and you have an amazing rescue organization out in the canyons of Orange County, and you've done such great work over the years, and it's not just dogs and cats. You get pigs and sheep and oh. horses and you name it. And I, yes. I've heard that you have a story about a gigantic horse that you've recently taken care of. Uh, yeah, well, we we, we got a, a, a beautiful white Andalusian horse. Wow. And uh, uh, somebody had bought it in Madrid and then left it there to be trained for a couple of years. It was uh, They spent a fortune on this horse and brought it over here and used it for showing and dressage, and unfortunately, it's gone uh, gone lame, so they can't use it for that. So they needed somewhere for it to go, and it's now it's with us. Wow! And uh, he really is really really beautiful, and uh, of course, lots of people would love to take him if he was rideable, but he uh, we don't think he is, and um, we've had lots of opinions, but uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, veterinary science isn't always an exact science, of course, and right. it's a bit like if you ask an attorney. If you ask six attorneys a question, you'll get eight eight different opinions. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a bit like that with, with Desi. So, well, if we do this, maybe eventually he'll be rideable again, and some mm-hmm. people say, no, he never will be. Um, so we're just being careful with him. And So uh, he can be a great big pet for somebody. <laughs> he'd be a g- fabulous pet. I mean, he is. he's just a wonderfully calm temperament 
he's incredibly beautiful. I mean, just to have him there to look at, he, oh, you, wow. you could line up chairs and just have people look at him. He's, he's that beautiful. So you can have everybody in your neighborhood come over and uh, take uh, holiday photos next to him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, in fact, we're doing a, a, something a little like that on December the 3rd. We're having oh. a, like a, like a Christmas pop by. We call it a Holiday for Critters. And we invite people who know the, you know the rescue to come over and just drop in between 4 and 7 on the, on the 3rd, uh, 3rd of December. Okay. And... Um, uh, you know, just people to come and see us and chat and meet other animal lovers and we'll, you know, drink coffee and have appetizers and wow. uh, generally just sort of hang around. Because you know, because the place is also where we live, it's right. not like a normal rescue where, you know, people can line up and come and see them because the animals aren't in cages and crates. They, mm-hmm. you know, they live, in, live in the house with us. Which, uh, so does the horse live in the house? Uh, oh, of course, yes, in the, in the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> I've got an old story about that. When when my wife was young, she had horses, and when she was very young, she was concerned about the horse in them in their back uh, two acres being out in the rain. And her mother came down in the morning to find the horse in the kitchen. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sipping coffee with all of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we don't invite the horse at the kitchen. But, um, oh, okay. But they, they, they've got a nice warm corral with. Uh, sure, they uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a uh, it's a bit of a crazy life, and uh, we just took in some birds as well, which is we're, we're not really, I say we're not a bird rescue. I'm not. Uh, sometimes I have trouble defining what we are myself, <laughs> since we do so many different things. Um, but we, so, somebody who's actually a but yeah, I, I'm a realtor, so somebody who was a client of mine is moving out of state, can't take these birds, and one of them's a blue and gold macaw. Oh, wow. And uh, he's really, oh, it's a, she, she's really beautiful. She's about 18 inches tall. Um, they're a little loud, you know, but she's, yes, she can, she can talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I've just put a uh, a video up on YouTube of this this bird playing catch with my wife. <laughs> Bird they is on top are a of the lot cage, of fun. Uh-huh. and she throws that she throws the squeaky ball, and he picks it up and throws it back. And for about thirty seconds, he just throws the ball back and forwards. They hilarious. are amazing little animals. I have a, a white cockatoo myself, and All right. and he is just so much fun. I think people don't realize that birds are are highly highly intelligent. Oh yes, yes. more than dogs and cats. And I love much dogs more. and cats, but yeah. if you have a, a parrot. First of all, it's like a 75, 85-year commitment where yep. you're going to be living with somebody who's essentially a spoiled, rotten toddler yes. <laughs> for that entire, you know, time. <laughs> so, that's yeah. What my, that's what my wife says about me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but you do take in normal animals too, and, and oh, I oh, heard yeah, you yeah. have a couple of cats. Um. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we've got. You know, we are yeah, mostly <laughs> a dog and cat rescue. Mostly dogs. Mostly. Yes. Quite a few cats, and then we've got some four horses right now. Wow. Uh, four pigs, three goats, and these birds. Oh, okay. Uh, but we're mo- yeah, mostly normal animals. But recently. Um, a lady in San Francisco unfortunately died, and we found that she'd left her cats to us in her will. And did you know this was coming? Did she I talk to you? I had no idea. Oh, my goodness. No idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, and 
secretary to talk to them on the phone, and uh, and they were going to arrange people to drive down. She said, "Look, our youngest daughter is at is at university in San Francisco." So she said, "I'll tell you what, I'll drive up there and get them." So she drove up, you know, had the excuse to go and see our daughter, and then picked up the cats and brought them back. Oh, so this all runs in the family then? Uh, yeah, along with insanity <laughs> and uh, penury and all those kind of things. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, Russell. You, you're you a real estate agent, and on top of that, you do the rescue. You're up, what, at 4 or 5 in the morning every single day to take care of all the animals? Uh, y- yes, yep. We, uh, uh, we get up and around. It's the only way to do it, really, because Teresa works at a vet's office, and uh, so we get up, look after the animals, we work, and... Uh, you know, and if anybody told you that animal rescue is a way to make a living, then you know they were they were uh, they were not telling the truth. Um. <laughs> and so you really uh, rely on the generous contributions of of people who are happy that you're doing all the work and they're not. <laughs> uh, y- yes, that, yes, exactly. Yes, it's yes, we're totally donation supported and. And uh, you know, unlike most charities, it's it's a it's a tough road. You know, we're, we're all all. Good charities are, are always desperately short of anything from uh, um, from money to uh, bleach and kitchen roll. <laughs> so you can use supplies as well as monetary donations. Y- yes, and we, we have a lot of people who who donate to us old, old towels and old sheets and things because, uh, as I said, all the dogs live in the house with us. So we have the ha- most of the house is tile. Mm-hmm. Which for most of the year is fine, but obviously in the winter that can be cold at night. So right. we have you know, towels and blankets and rugs and comforters for them. Um, but as you can imagine, uh, some of them get um, how can I put it rearranged um, <laughs> and have to be replaced on a reasonably frequent basis. We, we have four Great Danes right now, and a couple of them seem to like to uh, um, uh, look, see what's inside the dog beds. Oh. <laughs> So you get up and you find uh, that all of the dog beds have been eviscerated. Yes, yes. And, you know, some of them have. There's, there's a variety of different dog beds. You know, some of them have got um, uh, like like sort of white phobie stuff inside them, or old comforters have. And sometimes they'll come downstairs, and it looks like you're looking out of the window from an aeroplane. You know, if you're above the clouds uh-huh. and you look down at the clouds, and you come, you walk down oh, the no. stairs, and you think. I didn't think we were in an aeroplane this morning. But our oh. living room is covered in white clouds. Wow. <laughs> but you, you can't get upset about it or it would drive you crazy. Oh, I bet. I bet. If somebody wanted to adopt one of the critters that you currently have at the rescue, how would they go about doing that? Um, best thing is to uh, always, the, the best way to get hold of us for anything is, is email, which is nice and simple. It's, it's get pet at AOL.com, G-E-T-P-E-T, at AOL.com. That is And simple. the best way to keep up with what we've got is not our website, because we just simply can't keep up with it. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, our Facebook page. If you go to our Facebook page, we'll put we'll put updates on there and news on there and stories on there. Would I and just we, search we, for Majeska yeah. Ranch Rescue? Yeah, Majeska Ranch Rescue on, on the uh, on the Facebook and on yeah. It's, uh, we have somebody who helps us run our horse program, and she's great, and she keeps that up to date pretty oh, regularly. Good. Very nice. Um, we don't have paid staff and uh, web designers and administrators and things. It's just you know, we just do what we can when we can. You're amazing. Which, which I'm sure is pretty common. 
And you've had fundraisers in the past. Do you have any fundraisers coming up that we can talk um, about? We, we don't have a specific one. We've, we've got three or four set for next year. You know, we, we do an annual um, art show and wine tasting, mm-hmm. uh, which is generally in April and May each year. Okay. And that's a big event. And we had 20 artists this year. Oh. Um, we've ha- held it in, a, in somebody's large backyard until now. But this year it was so big, we actually took over the local park. Oh, And we had nice. it in the park. And okay. we had uh, not just artists, we had live jazz guitarist, we had a classical um, uh, electric cello player, um, and we had a, a car in there, a white car, which visitors could paint. So lots of the kids, we had you know, washable paint, and oh, they could okay. paint okay. the car. So it a became of, a work of art. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Don't oh. ask me how we got the car into the park. That's a long story. <laughs> um, and and uh, you know, the, the police weren't impressed, but eventually they said okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, but it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but a lot of fun. We do that every, every April or May. So if anybody out there is an artist and would like to show, and, and we sold quite a lot of paintings this year. If anybody would like to show their paintings, um, same same email. Just tell them, tell us you're interested. Get uh, we're we're always looking for new talent, right? Which art, um, sculpture, okay. um, all sorts. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like a little it's not a little craft show. It's it's proper. You know, Fantastic, Russell. What is that email address? Uh, Get pet G E T P E T at AOL dot com. Excellent. Thank you so much for talking with us today. I know you're so busy, but you're You're fantastic. We need to take our final break of the morning, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it is time for Pet Place News and Events. I want to remind you about a super exciting fundraising musical event. It's called Compassion Rocks, and it's tonight. It's a star-studded extravaganza that will be held on Dick Clark's estate from 4 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. The list of VIPs, stars, and musical guests is just mind-blowing, and it will be an evening that you won't soon forget. For more information, email CompassionRocks at Yahoo.com. Admission is limited, so don't wait to get your tickets. You can also check out our Pet Place calendar at www.petplace.org for more information about this and other fun animal-related activities. And you can visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash petplaceradio to send us your comments or suggestions for the show. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Uh-huh.